was a little, I, honestly, I'll tell you, I was a little out of it. I was pushing for sure. That's good. For the well, Flaming Lips episode, because then though, that's you're, good. We're, Rob and I are always a little out of it. So then it's sort of an equal yeah. playing field. I'm really going to post on this one. Though. You have Excellent. no excuses for this. One. Great. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Let's, let's yeah, just man. jump into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elbow. And we're so happy to have all you with us. Oh, we have a new patron, Barry. I don't I, Do I have his name? Hold on. Let me see. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see. didn't have it up. Yeah, we Peppy have a new Rooney? patron. Is it Peppy Rooney? Ah, sorry. You know what? We'll, Salami? We'll, I'll, I'll... I can find it. I got my email open. <laughs> I don't think, now that I think about it, we have a new ped, pa, uh, patron, but I don't think he warrants the shout out. So uh, n- never Ooh. mind him. But, but thank you anyway. We appreciate uh, all our patrons. And we'll, Barry, how we'll, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll give him his, his initials are CM. So CM, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. And how did he become a patron, Barry? He went to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and picked one of the very reasonable offers to uh, support us on a monthly basis. He did. He he picked the most reasonable one, but that's fine. We 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 love you and we appreciate you uh, very much. And we're talking to a patron tonight as well, our guest. And let's welcome to the show, Mr. Chris. White, welcome to the show, Chris. Thank, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Barry. Excellent pronunciation of my name, Rob. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, I really pride myself ding, ding, on. Uh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, still presiding, residing in uh, Niceville, Chris. Niceville, Florida. I'm still a nice villain, yes. All right, or yes. a nice so villain. Well, speaking of uh, villains, nice villain. Uh, who did you? What's the record you brought? Which I will admit, this was a surprise record for well, me from you. Yeah, you know, we'll get into um, the why, but um, we'll go ahead and say the what. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to. I, the last two records I did with you guys were stuff from like my college, you know, formative college days. So I wanted to kind of get something that was uh, more recently, you know. Um, a more recent record that got me high, if you will. Oh, good, uh, good. And this, and this record is a record that I've listened to probably more than any other record, and it's not even close. Eight years since it came out in 2013. Um, this is the. Are you running? A, are you? Is it? Are you got like a Chinese <laughs> restaurant delivery service I'm so going? Sorry, you know I'm doing this in my office, and I have a landline, and no one. No one I know even knows my landline. It's I don't know why we still have a landline, but it's always just like bullshit. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! No, it's actually someone we do know. What? The, how did they even get the number? I'm not calling anyone back. I apologize. I will go ahead, Chris. I want a pork fried rice, and let me have. <laughs> oh my God! The phone never rings, but of course, Chris, it please rings now. continue. Continue. If you have to go to your night job, Rob, <laughs> they're calling me in. I get it. I get it. Um, it's fine. Um, the record we're going to do is um, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds Push the Sky Away, which I understand if um, you're a Nick Cave fan or fanatic like I am, it's a little weird to pick one way later in his career, especially since he's you know, known for his his earlier exploits and achievements uh, and, and certainly not um, as much um, as his later stuff, although I would say he's had a surge in popularity since after this record for yeah. not, not great reasons, but, um, yeah, well, 
Oh yeah, that's right. I was reading about all that. But um, yeah. But this is definitely this is the elegant uh, gentleman Nick Cave that he's sort of become morphed into, right? Well, I mean, listen. When you listen to a Nick Cave record, you know, you automatically take on some of his swagger. Yeah. You know, whether <laughs> right. it's birthday party records or you know early the early Nick Cave stuff, I mean, you you just kind of can't help it. Um, so, you know, it's as you, as we get older and. I don't know. I would hate to say more mature. Um, certainly not. Just that. older, older. Yeah, just older. Just, just older. <laughs> um, you know, we you can appreciate this version of his swagger, if you will. Um, yeah. Well, gives you that same feeling, but maybe just not quite as bombastic. Um, although there's a, there's a lot of amazing music going on on this record, so. Oh, there is, and I'll tell you, I was totally surprised. Like, I had never heard this record. I'm a, you know, I'm a casual Nick Cave uh, fan. Nick Cave in the Bad Seas over the years. Uh, Dig uh, Lazarus Dig is probably like the last rec uh, that I actually listened to and got into, and then his Grinderman stuff. But man, this thing blew me away because, yeah, Chris, like you said, I once I started listening to it, I listened, I just kept listening to it. I was done. I go, okay, I'm listening to it again. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm not. Uh, exaggerate when I when I tell you. I mean, this record sort of changed the way I think about music and about especially this artist, but changed you know a lot of things. He's made mellow records before. He's made right pruner records and piano records and records that are more you know acoustic kind of sounding. Um, so it's not as he's no stranger to sort of slower songs and mellow songs. I mean, every record has some version of that. But for me, this is this is the record that is uh, from beginning to end uh, the most complete record he's ever done in my opinion um, and it definitely you know just kind of it just tweaked the way I listen to things and and, and, and um, you know at, the, at, at an advanced age of listening to music all my entire for my entire life you know that was kind of a, a big shock it was like oh okay we can go to the next level now and you know that's it's, it's <laughs> That's you know that's the kind of record this is. It, it definitely um, is um, a next level lyrically, musically, you know, and everything. <clears throat> um, so uh, yeah, I mean, similarly, you know, I was, I mean, I, you know, I was a casual Nick Cave fan as a teenager, but kind of didn't really get it until like maybe '88, you know, for Tender Prey, and then yeah, re yeah. Re kicked in hard uh in that you know that time period 17 18 years old and um and then just you know everything he's done since then i've just been i've kind of just absorbed um and not all of it's great but you know all of it is still worth worth your time for sure yeah well you know i've i i, I heard the birthday party way back when at the the you the the record collection of the off-mentioned Nadim Khan, he had the birthday party records and play those, and of course, um, and then you know, up through the, I, I have had a casual relationship with his music as well. Um, certain parts of it I like, and certain parts of it, it I've been very skeptical of, um, because I, and Chris, you are too, because I'm a legitimate Southerner um, of the United States. Some of the things that he co-ops sort of make my eyebrow twitch because um, he's <laughs> he's grabbing some of that stuff and incorporating it um, in a way that I might find 
you know, I, I know where it's coming from, and I'm like, I'll tell people, you know, I don't listen to Leonard Skinner because I, I lived next door to him when I was growing up. So it's sort well, of you, the, the same thing. Well, I would have to disagree. Just, I mean, anybody that's, you know, touchstones are, you know, Blood Meridian and Flannery O'Connor. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. From the sure. South yeah. are not. Are, are not in the same, you know, category as literature. No, no, but yeah. they're, they're still. No, I think as Barry, I think Barry will fully admit this is his own little bias that he has. That like when he says he twitches, it's the same thing with our friend uh, Dubin, Mark Dubin, when he sings with that Southern accent. It just sends, you know. Barry, yeah. Maybe <laughs> it it's just, just it's not necessarily pride. It's just like, oh yeah. I mean, I grew up with that stuff, <laughs> and I, I guess I sort of um, resist the romanticization of that stuff, having been part of it <laughs> having <and> lived it <laughs> having lived it and i understand where people would find it it's appealing from the outside but from the inside you know i'm like god damn you know uh, going to baptist church and shit was just the most bleak thing yeah. you know but if you're ba- but if your baptist church you know was had a hymnal like tupelo you'd be Oh Y'all sure. Are. Oh yeah. No, but <laughs> right. So, but that's my only. You know, that's that's how I approach Nick Cave is with a healthy skepticism. But I enjoy some of his stuff quite a I, bit. And this record. How about is, this one? Yes. Did you enjoy this? He he definitely has. Um, you know, along with that sort of confidence and swagger, becomes a you know a certain amount of baggage that taps into a literary thing that is. It can be off-putting because it's sort of it, – he's very insistent, you know. Yeah. <laughs> His music is insistent, you know. It reminds me of that uh, – I hate, hate referencing the show, but this this one thing was so funny. Um, Family Guy episode where they're trapped in the in the bomb shelter or something. Mm. And, and the character, the son, says, uh, you know, says something about the Godfather, right? And Peter says, I, I, I don't care for it. I didn't care for it. <laughs> right. And he said, what are you talking about? He said, it insists upon itself. And he said, that's the point. It has a valid point. It's insistent for a, for a reason. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's funny. Yeah. No, I, I, it's personal in, in my case. And I think also I will be frank. I, he, he wrote a novel in the 80s. Am I right? And yes. Yeah. It, and I tried to read it, and I was like, "No, I just, I, <laughs> I just put it down." I was like, "I'm not. I wasn't buying it." That's the thing. Some of yeah. it I buy, and some of it I don't. And right, um, well, it's, this uh, record definitely fits in the yeah. I, 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 I buy this category. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Well, first of all, it's his fifteenth studio album, as by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. So. Uh, uh, obviously, this guy's very uh, prolific, and he <laughs> he does a lot of shit. But this is the is the quiet, as you were saying, Chris. It's the restrained, and but it's also got that tension. Still, all his stuff has sure. that underlying menace. No matter how you know you know quiet it is, and how beautiful some of it is, there's that underlying menace that yeah. uh, 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 permeates everything. Well, you're not going to get the tension and release that you know that he has had as you know his previous records. I mean, he's not. You're uh, going to get the the tension, but not the release. There's just some of the, a lot of these songs right. are just a little underlying tension, but no release. That's right. I mean, um, you know, he, you know, Warren Ellis is kind of the new guy, and his his approach is a, is a little different. I mean, in 
ironically, in his band before the Dirty Three, I mean, that's kind of what they were all about. They were these long tension and then just like wild, crazy, you know, moments. And I, and I will say these songs live have way more of that. So there are these um, explosive moments live that um, really, they really push. But the record, they, they kept stately. They kept it. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. In, in, for sure. A, a box. And, I, and I think that was really purposeful. I think coming off the Grinderman records, where they sort of let it all hang out. Yeah. Um, he had a lot, he had a lot of reaction to that experience. And he had a lot to say about his, probably his behavior during those, making those records. Oh, okay. And, um, and we'll get into that a little bit because he, this is a pretty confessional record. Okay. Um, the one thing that, you know, we should say right off the bat um, is about the framework of this record. And, and the quote, um, I'm going to get it wrong probably but he uh wrote the songs based off of the notebooks that he, he was keeping um by googling and, and, and yeah yes yeah well, i read yeah it was composed yeah he said they were composed from googling curiosities uh and being entranced by exotic wikipedia entries yeah. <laughs> well the other thing you know going back to what you're saying about this you know the southern thing and him tapping into that as a as an inspiration um this is not a southern this i mean there's a few there's a, there's yeah this there's one more, doesn't yeah no it's not it's not that we can point to it but they're so universal they don't even count really yeah um this is a this record's about a place this is a record about where he lives now this is a record about brighton england um it, it's all over the record it, you know it, it he is absolutely homebody sitting in this house Googling or sitting in the studio, <laughs> checking out Wikipedia, flipping right. through the text. But it's all team. right. But it also makes the as a whole. It, I see it as like sort of a commentary on where we are in modern society now. You know, and the deterioration of it, and and the isolation uh, that's brought on by all this. You know, well, uh, by Googling and social media and all that stuff. Well, I mean, it's your show, but that's a great lead into the first song. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's listen to the opening track. We know who you are. Don't care what the little bird sings We go down with the dew and the morning lights The tree don't know what the little bird brings We go down with the dew in the morning And we breathe it in there is no need to forgive Breathe it in There is no need to forgive The trees will stand like pleading hands We go down with the dew in the morning light 
trees all stand like pleading hands. We go down. So it's that hush. It starts with a hush, but there's that menace is still there right from the start. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, there's a, a pulsing that permeates the entire record. That this is a, a perfect lead into to everything for that. Yeah, uh, you know, the the lyrical content. We're not going to. I mean, maybe you'll play it underneath. I don't know, but yeah, you, sure. You know, the um, the menacing part of the song really. Uh, it backs that up at the end in the, you know, the lyrics we know who you are we know where you live you yes know, <laughs> it over and over and over and over again and it, and it, it you know it, it's a pretty uh, accepted interpretation of this song that he's talking basically about you know our lives on social media on the internet yeah uh, right know, the brevity and the texting of social media um, even the bird and the tree is kind of a, a some people think it's an allusion to Twitter um, and that, you know, Twitter doesn't care what you say. They don't. Right. Right. Care. Obviously, we had, you know, a maniac in the White House, and they they it, it, it took four years for them to care what he said. You oh, know? I, I thought you meant Biden. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're recording this. What's the date? Is it the third? I think tomorrow isn't. I think Trump's oh, supposed to. I, right. I heard there that he's taking over again. So right. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, my brother's fortieth birthday, so I've been teasing him about oh his, my birth- God. his birthday present's going to be something. Oh, um, but yeah, <laughs> you know, he's kind of saying that you know, there's no no need to forgive. I mean, I, I kind of see that as you know, we're not really responsible for ourselves anymore. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. It's funny because that to me is the whole internet culture now in a nutshell. No one, no one has to take responsibility for anything. There's no repercussions anymore. No one needs to be forgiven because no one's ever wrong anymore. You could say whatever you want. That's right. No one's, no one's wrong. That's exactly the perfect way to say it. You know, every opinion is, is valid. And every, yeah. Cause you could find somewhere, every, some, some idiot wrote an article defending whatever stupid opinion you have. Well, we see it reflected in our government. We receive it reflected in people's voting habits. You know, yes. how, People who have what we would consider, you know, these outlandish ideas in office. I mean, and, I'm and, not, and they're not trying to hide them. And they are no. just kicking. Oh, you know, there's this woman up there saying Jewish space lasers were, you know, and you go, <laughs> well, really? as a Jew, I will admit there is some truth to the Jewish space laser thing, but uh, we'll, but that's for another. Uh, yeah, yeah, great opener, and then we go into the next one, which is another. That perhaps about a sad girl, maybe uh, maybe committing suicide. Uh, that's what I got from it. But let's listen to a little bit of Wide Lovely Eyes. You wave at the sky with wide lovely eyes. Waves and waves of love goodbye And through the garden with your secret key Down the tunnel that leads to the sea Step on the beach beneath the iron sky You wave and wave with 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100 on that, but that's what I picked up. What did, what did you pick up from it? So this is to me um, clearly about his wife. Yeah, that his further. wife who is on the cover. That's his wife on the on that's, on this that's, very. Uh, that's correct. Evocative cover of the record. <laughs> his his model wife. His model wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, they were doing a photo shoot for her in the uh, in the house and. He was happy to be there. The photographer asked him to open the open the blinds to get some light in. Yeah. And the photographer was just taking pictures the whole time. That came out, and he was like, "Damn!" Right. <laughs> his, that. his naked model wife being there. What that that happens? To be honest, that happens all the time. That happens to me all oh, the time. Oh yeah, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey baby, I'm just fixing to open the curtain over here. There you go. <laughs> Don't worry too much about it. He's gonna take some I'm pictures. I'm Nick Cave. I'm dressed to the hill while you yeah. do this. Right. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yes. Fully. Uh, yes. And his, Oddly uh, enough, guy. you're completely naked. Okay. So you think so this, you think his wife, let's see, uh, it's darker and, closer, and and through the tunnel and down to the sea and on the pebble beach, your laces, you untie and ar- see, I don't know the whole thing and arrange your shoes side by side. Yeah. You wave and wave with wide, lovely eyes. I was just picturing someone walking into the ocean, you know, and mm. waving goodbye. Yeah. It's it, it really is about his anxiety for his wife leaving him. Uh, oh. Because let's just say Nick's probably not been such a good boy in most, most recent years. And this record, I think, is a lot about that. There's a lot of atonement. Oh, uh, okay. Atonement? Ra- atonement. Yeah. Right. That's good. I, I like that. Um, so the big theme in this record, like I, I said at the beginning, you know, is obviously a, is a place where he, they live now, which is in Brighton, England. And um, so the beach and the yeah. water yeah. and mermaids are through this whole record. So yes. it's a very watery record, and, and it really reflects it in the music as well. Yes. Well, and, and the fun fair, they've dismantled the fun fair and they've shut down the rides. You know, Brighton. That is a Brighton is a, a a vacation destination for right. British people, and so of course there are you know there's carnival stuff there, and uh, you know slot machines and stuff like that as well. And I've wondered, I didn't look, but are there there may be actually mermaid decorations on so, the streetlights? So Barry, so. Um, this since this is about a, this record's about googling as well and in, in, in wiki, I looked it up. Yeah, <laughs> um, and there there are. I was right, it tur- and it turns out that um, in 2012 they started 
a uh, festival in Brighton called March of the Mermaids, or March of the Mermaids, yeah, March of the Mermaids, based on the Coney Island Mermaid Parade. And coincidence that a year later he puts out a record with all these mermaid images on it. Right, yeah. right. right it's come exactly. out in uh, 2013. Ah, very good, very good. All right, yeah. well, that kind of makes sense. And uh, before I forget, I also want to give big props to uh, the drummer Thomas Weidler and also Jim Stavunos, who did a uh, uh, percussion on there. There's a lot of just really the, the drums, he's holding back so much, but there's a lot of really great uh, percussion, underst uh, understated percussion throughout the record that adds uh, so much to it. Yeah, I mean, again, if you haven't seen this version of this band play these songs live, there's so much going on live, and, and they really, you know, when you're playing these little percussive parts, again, I'm not a musician, but, it, you know, I think you can sort of de-emphasize somebody's importance but you know he's jim is so good at that stuff and so tasteful that right if you took that stuff out the songs would definitely not feel oh yeah yeah full. i'm sure i'm sure yes well that's why yeah. i want i wanted to make sure to give them the props absolutely and the background right. there's background vocals on this as well are very important to the sound of this record yes um, there is a sound to them that is retro um, without being obnoxiously retro, but they are the kind of background vocals you hear on some 60s records um, where a lot of people are singing in unison. And um, it's the same thing you hear with, like, with Bossa Nova records where they'll have the entire orchestra is playing in unison. And so it's this, it's this thing that's recognizable. And that's what I heard in there is that sound of, um, but it's done in a way that's not, there are sometimes you hear it and you go, oh, I, I know what they're doing there. This is, it just works for this. Well, essentially all of the band members, all of the bad seats are singing backup vocals. Okay. Yes, um, yeah, they are. They're all credited. Add, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, not on this song, but on some later songs, they have Barry Adams come back. And right. He's play, playing backup vocals and some, I think some yes. work at some point. And then um, there's, you know, there's a children's choir somewhere down the down the road on this. And, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, they definitely you you use backing vocals to a very uh, effective in a, in a very effective way. Now there's a more Chris. I want to ask you. There's a more modern like uh, there's a modern band that a lot of this reminded me of, and some people are probably going to cringe when I say it. But let's let's listen to the next song first. Uh, they're keeping with the with the water theme. Let's listen to Water's Edge. They take apart their bodies like toys for the local boys Because they're always there at the edge of the water They come from the capital, these city girls Go way down where the stones meet the sea And all of you young girls, where do you hide? Down by the water, the restless tide And the local boys hide on the mound and watch Reaching for the speech and the word to be heard And the boys grow hard, hard to be heard 
hard to be heard as they reach for the speech and search for the word on the water's edge. But you grow old and you grow cold. Yeah, you grow old and you grow cold. Well, they would come in their hordes, these city girls with white strings flowing from their ears as the local boys behind the mound think long and hard about the girls from the capital who dance at the water's edge shaking their asses So he, the way he says the word hard in there certainly <laughs> is Sorry. indicative of uh, what's going on here but then there's yeah. also he's also I'm assuming he's referring to himself observing this scene when he's saying but you grow old and you grow cold uh, oh yeah that's a self reference for sure I mean you know this is a scene well, this, know, is, this is just an innocent afternoon at the beach isn't it guys <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know despite the very voyeuristic uh, take on this this song it's not I don't really find it all that perverted. No, know, no, 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 no. Many, many listens, but it, but I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, and these girls were getting raped by these boys," and it and it's just about the courtship, if you will, of you know men and women or boys and young young men and women who come to the sea and they go through this ritual almost of you know being at the at the water's edge and playing with their friends and. Flirting, flirting with these boys they can see over there. Um, there's a lot of interesting things here, and there's a lot of um, odd references that I, you know that I'm not. Um, well, they totally come. Sure. Yeah, sure. He could be come from living in Brighton, and just things you would know if you lived in Brighton. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the you know he he refers. You know, he, he says something about um, you know we know our local boys. You know how they are, kind of um, right. Right, you know, and, they're, and they're waiting for you know this the, the next wave of girls or tourists to come in and yeah you know try right try their luck you know um, yeah I mean you, you know there's a couple things in here that are particularly interesting you know the the, the line he says uh, with a Bible of tricks they mm. do with their mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and I, I googled Bible tricks just to see what I'd come up with, and there's a lot of verse, Bible verse, about uh, tricking people or, or you know, or f- trying to fool yourself or fool God or fool, yeah, you know, and and Nick, Cave, know, and Nick Cave has discussed, which I didn't know until I started looking at his recent history. He, he has discussed he has some sort of religious belief. That is, um, he well, he's cagey. Yeah, uh, cagey there's about. a song. Yeah, there's a song kind of about it coming up. There is, and you know, I think his quote is, you know, I I believe in believing. Yeah, right. You know, he he he, he reserves the right to believe in any you know in whatever and. Um, well, he doesn't like, yeah, he doesn't like the idea of just not believing in anything. He expressed right. disdain for both atheists and organized religion. <laughs> so that's fine. Right. But I, I love, you know, this song, when you read it, it could be about any time, timeless, but he yeah. throws in these little Easter eggs, which Barry actually 
Afi Komen's, well, I, what did you say, Barry? I yeah, you can say Easter eggs. Easter eggs. It's Afi fine. Komen. Nobody's going to know what an Afi Komen is. So it's to fine. Yeah. telegraph that these are modern times, because I love, did you guys notice, he says, and, and they would come in their hordes, these city girls, with white strings flowing from their ears. Earbuds. That's, I just that's realized that's, what I, yeah, that earbuds, is. Earbuds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that until just now. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's a there's a line that I want to point out too. The um, you, you put it out to be hard. The local boys team down the mound, and yeah, you, you know, know the the, the words. Playing, yeah, he's playing with words, but also um, in Brighton specifically, there's something called Duke's Mound, which is a uh, which is a, a a pretty infamous cruising spot. Uh, mm, okay, and uh, a naturalist's, if you will. Uh, beach. <laughs> yeah, we have one of those. Oh, right. We have one of those here too. So it's yeah. Fine. So yeah. Um, you don't want to see any of those. You don't want to no. see any of those people without their bathing so, no. You know, you've got these tourists flirting with this idea of a naturalist beach. You've got the boys who know what it is that right. are local, and you know, and the and the confluence of those things mashing together is interesting to Nick. And you know, obviously, he he, he, he uh, frames it pretty well here. Well, and he but, gets much more explicit in in, in the last verse. Um, their legs wide to the world like Bibles open to be speared and taking their bodies <laughs> apart like toys. They yeah, dismantle right. themselves by the water's edge and yeah, reach and for the speech and the wide, wide world. In my mind, you know, and call me naive, but it's all very mutual. I think you're right. No, Chris, I, I think there's merit to merit to what you're saying. It's not, it's just like the ritual, like you said, the rituals of boys and girls and courtship yep. and all that. And I it's agree. just sort of, he did, yeah. And his, yeah. A colorful way of uh, putting it all. All right, uh, so let's take a little break. Let's. I know we are all imbibing uh, tonight. Chris sent us a, a, a picture of it. It looked like you had a lovely IPA going on there. Or? It's uh, my my brother uh, who I mentioned earlier is um, he's kind of he's a very talented home brewer, and, oh. and he's teaching me. And this is our second batch. Okay, really. What's yeah, the, so, what have you? What are we going to call it? What's your What's your beer called? Yeah, it's they're kind of like pets. You don't name them because you're gonna just, you know, you're gonna okay. drink them, and then you're really. Gonna, I never heard. Well, you yeah. should name it. You want you name it after the the show. The that record got me high <laughs> ale or something. Chris, come on, throw us a bone. <laughs> All right, we're it's okay. Photoshop think, work, think about yeah, it. Okay. Just think about it. All right, we're talking to Chris White. We're talking Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Push the sky away. We'll be back in a minute. All right, I'm gonna refresh my drink. I'll be right back, guys. This tomorrow is a webcomic written and produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. Is This Tomorrow is the sorry commercial sponsor of That Record Got Me High podcast.
Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com and on Facebook by searching Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is designed to help you in your daily life. In this pre-post-apocalyptic world we are in this pre-post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic world we are living in. Visit Is This Tomorrow at isthistomorrow.com. All right, we are back. This is That Record Got Me High. We are talking to Chris White, and we are up to song number four of Push the Skyway. Let's listen to the epic Jubilee Street. On Jubilee Street there was a girl named B. She had a history, but she had no past. When they shut her down, the Russians moved in. You know, at, at yeah. first, this is more right. He's he's like he's leaning into it a little more. You got more of his the Nick Cave growl in this. Well, this is he's he's in sto- storyteller mode here rather than yes, yes, right, okay. exactly. And so you're you know, this is the first time we're getting a, a a song on the record that you know we we recognize as characters and you know um, not right. just you know right people so in, this in the real world. Yeah, so Jubilee Street is also a place in Brighton. Um, there's, I think there's a Jubilee Street in Hong Kong, and there might be one in Australia somewhere too. But this is, you know, Nick Cave. Um, 
imagining what Jubilee Street was back in the day when it was a, when Brighton was a rougher place. Yeah, um, you know, because now it's just you know, like everywhere else, it's 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 a big mall. I'm sure it's big music right. park yeah. and a mall. And it was, you know, Russian mob and prostitutes and you know, and in, in, in a rougher situation down on Jubilee Street back before he moved there. Imagine. Yeah, there's some, maybe, there's some interesting <laughs> lines in here. Um, yeah. I got and one that caught my ear the first time. I got love in my tummy and a tiny little pain. I got a, and a ten ton catastrophe on a sixty pound chain. Because that when he says love in my tummy, he's got to be referencing that '60s song. Uh, yummy, <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy because had, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's and, only one uh, place you can go with that. Yeah, no, that's great. That's actually um, what that's that's a that's one of those inside jokes that probably the band probably has or something. You know, Barry, what what sixty song is he referencing when he says, "I got a fetus on a, a leash"? I got a fetus on a leash. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too, and I was thinking um, that's kind of an Iggy Pop line or something. That yeah. he was. I I want to mention here and. Um, his vocal inflections on some of these songs are distinctly like um, John Cale and some of John Cale's solo records. But also- uh, yeah, especially, yeah, more so like the first couple of songs I heard that. And, and you know, Chris, the other band that I was going to mention that I don't, I don't think Barry's that familiar with the National, but some of the more subdued, quiet ones remind me of the national and the, the way that dude sings and the way the, uh, the sparse instrumentation have, have you heard them at all? Are, are you familiar with them? Give me a second. I'm still cringing. I knew. See, I told you that I told you people, well, whatever, you know, you're not, I, you're I, not cringing at John Cale though, because, Oh, Oh no, no. I yeah. Mean, I, he, you know, um, I think, he has, I think, he's emoting in a way. Now what my question was, is John Cale doing Leonard Cohen and is right. so Nick right. Cave doing Leonard Cohen, or is he doing John Cale doing Leonard Cohen? No, they're all doing Leonard. Co- I think they're, they're all, all doing Leonard Cohen. Yes, that's correct. They're all doing. Right? Leonard Cohen. <laughs> they're all doing. Yeah, everyone we mentioned. <laughs> and, but you know, Nick's sort of he's tr- he's been transforming into this. It's less of a crooner and more of a sing talk sort of mm. thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a few records now. I mean, you know, he's always got some sort of almost almost spoken word piece you know on um even some of the grinder man stuff you know was is like that um but yeah i mean this this song uh is confusing because i i don't the more i listen to it the more i'm convinced you don't start at the beginning of the story right you know and he's jumping around to make you know add confusion to it you know there's well, yeah, because it, it eventually kind of turns into something else, right? Well, you know, and there's this whole thing, and again, this is one of those songs. If you if if you watch it, a live version of it. There's one in Copenhagen. There's one in uh, Argentina. There's one in Brooklyn that's really great. Um, there, he they extend the instrumental things, and he extends his vocal interplay, um, you know, and, and sort of ad libs and things, and. Um, this whole idea that he's vibrating and transforming, which is, which is words he uses in the song, really come, 
in you know into play you know you really feel that part of it so the the main character the the, the john if you will in this you know the yeah you know you know how is he transformed did he die yeah is he, yeah that's is, my question is, yeah is he so relieved after the death of this person who's uh, blackmailing him, yes. The, the person blackmailing, is he responsible for it? Is he with the, the Russians, you know? Like, you know, how does that play play in, you know? Um, yeah. It, there's a lot of confusion here, and, um, and a lot of people have opinions. I, I just choose to sort of not try to figure it out too much. <laughs> well, it's clearly a kind of a touchstone for him because he references the whole song a little bit later on uh, on the record. Uh, so obviously it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a touchstone for the record, yeah. I think, in a way. I think I, I think it's the centerpiece of the record. I mean, there's, yeah, there's yeah. a song later that I, I think I like more, but, you know, clearly Jubilee Street is a, is a center of the record. And, you know, bringing up kind of his past and sort of maybe some why he wrote these songs too you know there's a little bit of this i don't want to say guilt i guess but i can't really think of a better word there's 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 a guilty uh feeling unsettled feeling about this whole song that he's confessing but he's the character or through the character Mm -hmm. something right i don't know enough about his personal i mean nothing would really surprise me but is he, you know, is he, is he a philanderer like most male rock stars? Is that the... I'm not, oh, I'm yeah, not, 100%. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying he murdered somebody. <laughs> right. No, I didn't think but, that. Uh, yeah. saying, He's probably not not that that great a boyfriend or husband, I would say. <laughs> well, we'll get into that in the next song, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is this next yeah. one is that is that sort of primal need to uh, believe in things that we were referencing, right? Well, uh, just before... Before we move on, so so again in this song he references growing old. The last two, the last song he did too, yeah, out of place and out of time and over the hill. He, you know, he's really feeling that. You know, he's things are coming home to roost for him, and he is rec- trying to reconcile with this with with this record because he realizes, I think, finally that he's not he can't be that guy anymore. He's yeah. gotta be he's gotta be something else, right? You know? Whether it's you know, something else as a performer, something else as a husband, as a father, as a person, whatever it is, and so he's finding ways to to, to be a new person here. I think and that, that that's all in here to me, at least. All right, all right. So now we get the next song, and this song is "Mermaids." She was a catch. We were a match. I was the match that would fire up her snatch There was a catch I was no match I was fired from a crutch I'll sit around and watch Mermaids sun themselves out on the rocks They are beyond our touch All the ones who come, all the ones who go, 
down to the water And all the ones who come And all the ones who go Down to the sea I believe in mermaids too I believe in 72 virgins on a chain Why not, why not I believe in the rapture For I've seen your face On the floor of the ocean At the bottom of the rain so whether it be whether it be God or mermaids or seventy two virgins, he just feels like you, you have to believe in something, right? Uh, all things are possible, you know. In, in, right. right, right. You, you really have to pick something, but believe in believe that things are there out there. Um, I'm not quite with him on that, but yeah, I, I would say <laughs> I that this is you know I don't. This is going to sound maybe a little harsh, but some of this is a might be someone who has, I think, atoning for your past misdeeds. One way to do that is to take solace in um, faith and <laughs> faith found at a later age, um, and that's fine. But I think it's still guilt that's driving it. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say that about religion in general. I mean, well, religion is built on guilt. <laughs> but I, I feel like he's more talking about just the the primal need of people to believe in things, which is definitely a real thing, I, I think. You know, and, and obviously, I, I think he believes that, too. Well, um, the first verse, though, I mean, is fairly explicit. She was a catch. We were a match. I was the match that would fire up her snatch. Yeah. There was a catch. I was no match. I was fired from her crotch. I sit around and watch. Um, so there's some imagery there that suggests he's uh, contemplating his misdeeds. So everything yeah. that comes after. Yeah, well, this is definitely this, this is definitely self-referential because the driver alertness course he's referencing is a real thing that he had to do. Right, Chris? You, you know about that, yeah, right? Yeah. Got in a, uh, I don't think anybody was, you know, badly hurt, but he got in a fairly bad accident. Uh, With his Jaguar, you'll be happy to know, you'll be interested to know, get Barry crashing his uh, uh, Jaguar. He yeah, crashed well, that, his that Jaguar. Does it. Episodes, we're gonna done. <laughs> we're done here. So, yeah. <laughs> but what what other alertness courses? Do, so I do husband alertness course. Right. I do mermaid <laughs> alertness course. You know, he he is for better or worse or too late or whatever you know trying to become a better person yes <laughs> uh, but he's not going to stop you know identifying these things that sort of inspire him i mean you know mermaids are obviously harkens back to uh the water's edge song and yes. you know the girls on the beach and you know he's it's 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 passed him by you know <laughs> i mean yeah. well it's it, 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 oh. it yeah it didn't he partake he partook of it and it um it is now beyond his reach which is something we all experience as um 
yeah. you know, 50, I think Rob Alba and I have discussed, we've been in public, that we're, as men, we're invisible now. Like, nobody yes. gives right. us. We, right. It's <laughs> exactly. Like, um, so, and yes. um, Chris, I wanted to ask you, I, I kicked you a record this week that I thought had some, had some interesting um maybe parallels with mm-hmm. this record uh and it's a it's an i'm just gonna tell you it's an obscure record um but it it's, it's it's kind of a classic it's a one-off one-of-a-kind weird record um called crystal telephone um by terry durham and it's a welsh poet uh reading his poetry over these um very hip Musical uh, backdrops in about 1969, I think. Yeah, I listened to it. I, you know, I was appreciative of it, especially because I heard about the record, but I never actually got a chance to hear it. Um, you know, at first, right away, I was like, "Well, what musically, this has nothing to do with this." But with, the more you listen to his voice and his vocal, yeah, his cadence, his delivery. Yeah, no, I could see what you were talking about. There's a, definitely like it's a um, it's a cult record, and um, it's one of those records that if you hear it and you dig it, it you're going to go back to it over and over again. My my wife finds it almost unbearable because uh, <laughs> um, it sounds pretentious. But once you sort of get in the mood with it, but I just think I think Nick Cave has heard this, and I think Terry Durham has kind of you know there's just or maybe just there's just parallel construction going on there. Yeah. It's a, just your description of it sounds a little unbearable to me. But no, uh, no. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. actually, the music is, some of the music is really cool. And he sings these, he's singing, it's poetry. And he's re- reading this poetry, some of which is romantic. Some of is which it in is, English or French? No, it's English. No, no. He's oh, well, okay. All right. Uh, okay. And uh, <laughs> it's well, very much of its time. But um, right. I think there's, I think Nick Cave has heard it. All right, so now we get uh, his aforementioned uh, digital fixations. We get more of that here in this next one. Let's listen to a little bit of We Real Cool. took your measurements from your toes to the top of your head <laughs> you know who bought your clothes and new shoes and wrote you a book you never read yeah you know who was it yeah you know we real cool on the far side of the morning Who was it? Yeah, you know we real cool I hope you're listening Now you Who was it you called the good shepherd Rounding up the kids for their meal Who chased your shadow running up behind Clinging to your high-flying heels High-flying, high-flying, high-flying heels 
Yeah, so now he's doing the uh, now he's doing the, the that that crooning, that smooth crooning again, which I really I don't know for some reason that's what really draws me in more to this record is is that just because it's so. I mean, even though he's been doing that for a while now, you know, or variations of that, it's just so like different than the Nick Cave, you know, than the uh, birthday party Nick Cave. <laughs> right. So. For the first um, thing you should know is the, the, this is the title, at least, of this song stems from a poem from 1959 from Gwendolyn Brooks. Oh, okay. It's a poem about rebellion and its costs. Um, and there's the, have you ever heard the term jazz June? No, I have not. But I okay. see, I, I'm looking at the poem now and I see it. Yeah. It, I, I don't know why. There, I think there was a band called the Jazz June somewhere in my travels. Okay. But um, that might be where I heard it first. Uh, but, you know, this poem was uh, was about rebellion, and it was actually banned for using the term jazz in the poetry. It was it was not. It was, I, I don't want to I'm see, for that, by the way. I'm actually for that. Well, the reason yeah. it was banned is because jazz... <laughs> Jazz is shorthand for <laughs> for jizz, which is shorthand for jism. So that's oh, okay, that's okay. where jazz comes from. Is it's shorthand for you that's, know spunk? Is that really true? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I never knew that. So it was. It's not. A, it wasn't a polite word. No. Uh, no. I still don't think it's that polite word, but whatever. So the that's poem. The poem. Uh, we real cool. It's very short. If it, it's if this is the full version. I'm seeing mm-hmm. here um, the pool players seven at the golden shovel. We real cool. We left school. We lurk late. We strike straight. We sing sin. We thin gin. We jazz June. We die soon. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, um, know why Jazz June is capitalized? The version I'm <laughs> looking at. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's not in the one I'm looking at. So, but, oh yeah, it is capped. Uh, the whole thing is capped. So, well, well, well no, it's not. Yeah, okay. Jazz of the sense. But anyway, it's interesting that the, that phrase really pops out, or that that two the two words pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, with that in mind, you know, what's he what's he saying here in this song? Um, Actually, first, so the the the, the baseline in this, yeah, well, starts off. So that that goes back to the Water's Edge, where they basically do the same baseline, right? Played a little different, and I'm wondering if, and maybe I don't know if there's any way to tell, but what I'm wondering is is that just is sampled, it in one yeah, song, sampled in another, uh, and um, or is it you know loop and, and looped in this song because yeah. in, in Water's Edge the that rumbling baseline is a lot more trembly and, yeah. and tenuous, and this one's a lot more confident. Well, what that baseline says to me is, when I hear it, the first thing I think is, "Hey, kids, rock and roll, rock on!" Oh, right, right, right. It's but got, Don- which is a really creepy song as well. That song, "Rock yes. On," has that really odd deserted street feeling to it there's a lot of space in the song yeah and so does this so i whether whether they know it or not they're they're um 
they're referencing Rock On. So, so Chris, obviously you uh, you spent a lot of time with this record. You've done a lot of digging. When he says, "Who was it?" Yeah, you know, we real cool. Hope you hear me and you'll call. Who's who does he want to call? Who is he hoping will call? I don't know if he's talking about one person throughout, or if he's talking about different people in, in different verses. Um, I mean, the "Who took your measure from your toes to the top of your head" makes instantly makes me think of your parents, your t- your dad, yeah. or yeah, sure, you right, know, right, you, right. You know, brought you new clo- who bought you new clothes and new shoes, uh, you know. But then he says, "I wrote you a book you never read." I mean, is he is that some kind of personal thing? Maybe he wrote that book. book maybe the book he wrote that, that, that yeah. Barry didn't read. <laughs> yeah, it's not. He's not worried about. <laughs> maybe me. it's the Barry. <laughs> uh, and then you know when he's talking about who was it you called Good Shepherd? I think he's starting to talk about God here. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you know he even goes into uh, who measures the distance planets. I mean, that's a. You know, that's uh, well, he talked about this is his uh, Wikipedia curiosity uh, stuff, right? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. He, he's clearly Googling Wiki, you know, Wikipedia things, Googling things. I mean, he, you know, yeah. the fact that he's got the, the you know, the exact light years, yeah, away from Sirius and Arcturus, you know, obviously he's like, but he, t- going, he tells well, you why that? he's doing that, and it's to right. avo- it's avoidance. The past is the past, and it's here to stay. Right? Wikipedia right. is heaven when you don't want to remember no more on the far side of the morning. Um, so he's saying, I'm doing this to not think about uh, the past. Uh, you know, and I do, you know, I do that too. Everybody, you know, well, yeah. everything, everything sucks. I'm just going to go read something on the internet that's totally has no relationship to my life, yeah. but it's Rabbit distracting. Forward. <laughs> yeah, that's you just described that's, all our lives the past year. It's a real no. That's a real thing. I mean, I think that's it is. Part of what makes me what's so appealing about this record. It's like Nick is Nick Cave is kind of this mythic figure in, in, in music. Here he is, just sort of like yeah, doing the most mundane stuff, right? right? Like stuck right. at home, got nothing to he, do. I'm going to look at Wikipedia. He's flipping channels, right? You know, he's he, he's yeah, right. He's on the he's on the internet, just like. Thinking about things, well, well, this would be interesting to look at. And he's and he's at the end, he's compare he's ironically comparing himself to that poem, and right. he's at the end. He says, "Yeah, we real cool. Yeah, we real real cool." So he obviously knows that he's not the pool player that she's writing about in that incredible poem. He's just this guy, you know, off duty. Um, wow, and wonder how far away Sirius is. Oh, it's 8.6 light years away, you know, right? Satisfying right, his so, curiosity for soothe, ease the pain. So now we get meta, the, the most meta part of this record a song about the creation of the earlier song, Jubilee Street, and, and a dream yeah, but, he had, but it's really not. Well, no, but it, but it, I mean, it, it, he he did say it was he he had this dream after he finished writing Jubilee Street. So he clearly, that's had why, okay. I'm sorry. Yes, clearly, the experience of writing that song had some kind of effect. right, 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 right. So let's listen to uh, finishing Jubilee Street. Oh. 
had just finished writing Jubilee Street. I lay down on my bed and fell into a deep sleep. And when I awoke, I believed I'd taken a bride called Mary Stanford. And I flew into a frenzy searching high and low. Because in my dream the girl was very young. I said, hey little girl, where do you hide? You draw lightning from the sky. All of this in her dark hair And all of this in her dark hair, oh Lord backing vocals there from uh, I guess that's Aya Paired or it could be actually it could be Natalie it could be like you said Barry I think it's people I think it's uh, them singing uh, in unison just sort of to add that well, effect it's the cool thing about it is that it suddenly um, goes from being dark to he's it's a, it, there's a, these beautiful voices singing this beautiful melody yeah. about this girl and this track in, in some rattled my brain in a way because it it reminded me um really intensely of a um a pj harvey song called um perfect day it's a perfect day elise and um there's the same energy um in in this and of course i think those two had a had a thing <laughs> So yeah, they, they relationship for a while. Yeah. Um, so that's there. But um, to me, this could be a PJ Harvey song. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it just sounds like her writing. It's oh, really yeah. weird. Really weird. Um, well, if we can do the, uh, the Google Wikipedia moment of, of this song. So the Mary Stanford is a, is a, was a lifeboat that sunk. Oh, wow. Rye Harbor which is about 90 miles east of Brighton. Um, all 17 crew members died, perished uh, in the waves. It was capsized and, um, and lost. And it's a, it's a big deal from where they are. There's monuments to it and there's songs that people sing. And it's, um, you know, it's a big part of the history there. Um, so, you know, clearly he's in this post-songwriting haze of this amazing song, right? And then he uh, goofs around on the internet or whatever, falls asleep. And yeah, he, right. You know, right. And this is infiltrating his brain. And you yeah. know, we, we we did the, you know, you do the story song, and you know, and then it goes into, um, you know, this is kind of why 
you know, Nick Cave is Nick Cave and you're not, you know, not, you know, <laughs> no, ab- <laughs> you take, ab- yes, absolutely. Hopefully extrapolate some, something, you know, just great from it. Um, you know, the, from the spooky sort of post dream, mm-hmm. hazy feel yeah. of it, you know, to, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you do wake up from a, a dream, you're like, you know, it's so real. You're so, it's so Yeah, visceral. you have to convince yourself, all of it, it takes a minute for you to realize, oh, this, yeah. th- this didn't actually happen. I used to have, it, sometimes it still happens, but I had a period of time in my life where I would wake up and be like, oh yeah, I got to go out there. There's this, this cool tree I wanted to see. I got to go out there and check it out. And yeah. it, I would be like, fuck. It's, yeah. It was a dream. Well, I don't know where, in my dream, because in your dream world, you know where stuff is. And you right. know, you've got an entire topography in your dream world that is completely different than the topography of the real world. Right. And, and, the so, more, and the more you try to recreate the narrative or... Yeah, or, no, yeah. Or, 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 or desperately grip, try to grasp all it, onto it the, just, the... It just it just fades away. It just well, runs away well, from the, you. After that changes it. Exactly. Inherently, so it's like, exactly, and you know it. You can feel, you know, I'm describing it to myself, and I'm stuff. It's I'm missing it. I'm. That's why you know they say if you want to know what your dreams are, keep a notebook beside your bed, and when you wake, as soon as you wake up, just start writing, because otherwise, it's man, it's magic. It's gone. That stuff, and your brain starts going. We're gonna. You don't need to see that. Well, the symbols that you you know that you get in dreams that the subconscious can can interpret the conscious is, is trying to take those same symbols and put some reality stamp on yeah it. right sure there's yeah. you know there's no relationship right the one thing i love about this song too is that is that guitar loop that yeah. comes in yeah it, yeah yeah it, it, it almost does that thing where your conscious mind is gets stuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like it perseverates over a part of the dream, you know, and you're pushing to break out of it and you can't get out of the cycle and then something breaks free and then you realize, poof, it's gone. Yeah. Because if you start talking about dreams, you'll start remembering dreams that you had recently. And like right Right. now we're talking about one and I just had that dream feeling like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that dream. And it's, it can be from a few days ago or from weeks ago, but it's they're all right there. They're all underneath the surface waiting, but they're not ordinarily accessible. I'm not convinced that I'm not having a dream right now, and you guys are just in my dream. I'm not convinced, but I don't know. You never know. Yeah. And, and again, um, the water, you've got, you know, you've got water. There's more, right. you know, there's sto- the storm aspect of it totally ties into the story of the, of the Mary Stanford lifeboat. You know, those, those yeah, yeah, yeah. angelic voices, you see that girl coming on down, coming yeah. on down. They're yeah. they're the sirens. They're the mermaids calling <laughs> the bottom of the sea. Yeah, come right. on but down, now, come yeah, on down. It sounds angelic, but it's really sinister. It is. All right. So, uh, Jubilee Street was the first epic of the song. I think this is the second epic of the record. Uh, sure. Right. Uh, let's sure. listen to Higgs Boson Blues. Can't remember anything at all Flame trees line the streets I 
remember anything at all But I'm driving my car down to Geneva I've been sitting in my basement patio It was hot Boson is a theoretical elementary particle nicknamed what, guys? The God particle. There you yeah, go. And, you, and I just actually, I hate to do this to you guys, but I, I, um, I actually have been listening to um, podcasts, or not podcasts, lectures before I go to bed at night to put me about, about <laughs> particle physics. And Love last it. night, um, I actually listened to one specifically about the Higgs boson and, and why it's so Richard important. Feynman? No, nah, it, it, oh. no, it was from the, stuff's great. the Royal Academy, and they think that well, well, they're very briefly that they have the um, the uh, the model of physics that we use now doesn't work. It works great unless you give particles any mass, and it completely falls apart. And so, what they theorized with that there was a particle that a field actually that gives all the other particles mass. And it is um, the Higgs boson particle or field. And that's why when they found that it was such a big deal, because it, it, um, it confirmed that the, um, the model of physics that we're using is works. Yeah, yeah, and I heard it, it kind of right. tied everything together, but they were depressed, kind of bummed in a way because they they were like, "Well, what else what do we, we do now?" now? <laughs> well, there's always gravity. Gravity doesn't fit. They can't get gravity to fit in anywhere. So, all right. So, Chris, but Chris, this is definitely uh, him doing stream of consciousness stuff, right? I mean, because he named checking Roger uh, Robert Johnson and Martin Luther King and Miley Cyrus. Yeah. So. Um, First of all, listen. I mean, listen. I could, I could literally do a whole episode on this song. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that'll be on your own podcast. But this is my favorite song on the record. It's so much to unpack. So yeah, so there is. There it is. goes long winded. Just we'll move on. Just move on. But I do have a lot to say. So go ahead. First of all, he's not driving to Geneva. He's still just sitting in his house, <laughs> on the internet or flipping through channels. Yeah. So right. We've got, we've got the History Channel. Uh, with the the devil and you know uh, cal- the caliphates and the yeah you know and um, Martin Luther King's um, assassination and then there's Miley Cyrus just randomly Hannah Montana randomly thrown in there mm-hmm. I mean this this, yeah. this is fail surfing right I mean he is going through and then on top of that he's layering in this 
Higgs boat his you know he's interested in this in the Higgs boson yeah. theory. <laughs> yep. And you know trying to and trying to weave this through then. The, the, it, it, every time he mentions Higgs boson blues, it means something different. So uh, the first one is going you know again going back to girls all roses all in bloom. I mean he he says it almost like a pickup line like an old man. Hey, or, baby. Have you heard about the Higgs boson blues? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna like interest some young woman, you <laughs> right? Know, right. You know, and that and that cracks me up. I mean, I just think that's hilarious. Um, but you know, the CERN is where they did this, and so Geneva is just where the CERN is, and that's why Geneva's mentioned. Um, but you know, he's talking about these flame trees lying the streets, and that's yeah. a reference to two things: a reference to um, his car accident. Oh, okay. And a reference, you know, flame trees, literally flame trees, but they're, you know, lampposts on, on the highway. Oh, okay. All right. Right? Yeah. So they look like they're on flame. Also, if it goes back to the very first song um, where he's talking about blackened trees. Yeah. So they've been charred, you know, and... Um, you know, it's he's tying things he's tying things a little bit together, but yeah, I mean, you know, this this line about Robert Johnson and the devil and who's going to rip off who is fantastic. <laughs> it, it yeah, is just, yeah, I mean, that's that's great. That's all just sort of elementary, like you know, stuff. You know, he's picking things that are totally in the Nick Cave, you know, box canon of, of the, tricks. Yes, the wheel, you know, Robert Johnson, the devil, the yeah. you know. And then that, you know, and I think it's still that grounds it because he's talking about this Higgs boson thing, which is totally random. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's done this in his more recent records where he he, he picks a thing that is so um, thoroughly modern and it has no no place in like a Nick Cave song. Like I think on the Abattoir Blues, he says something about, you know, getting a cappuccino, a frappuccino, you know, <laughs> right. you know and, and, and this is a continuation of sort of that that type of writing where he's talking about Hannah Montana and, and Miley Cyrus and right, right. Luca Lake, you know, you know it's well, like, there was, a, but I, I did find an actual, a quote from him of why he, he put Miley Cyrus in there it was something that actually happened with him and his kids. I guess they were in, uh, Madame Tussauds, uh, the wax museum and his kids were going nuts over the Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus thing. And he's like, Oh, Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra was like right in the next room, and they didn't—they didn't, they didn't give, give a shit, shit about that. Nope. And he's like, no context. He's like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's perfect, really, because this is—I mean—that's a walk through a museum. There, I mean, you exactly. Yeah, you know, um, this is this the juxtaposition of these th- these things that you know he's had in his life with his kids or on, right, or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, just interesting things. Like, there's no reason for him to talk about. No, but he, he said he just wanted to make sure no one, people knew that he didn't have anything personally against Miley Cyrus <laughs> for making her uh, laying but, in the um, pool. But, yeah. you know, he he ties it all up really, really well, you know, um, at, with the last couple of it, it. It's like, you know, you're and you're the best girl I've ever had. Can't remember anything at all. You know, yeah. he's, you know, he is, this is the gauntlet. He's like, this is where I'm, this is my life. I've got my wife and everything else that happens for it is not important. Right, right, right. Or, and, or at least 
that's what I say right now to try and get it to leave me alone. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, you know, anytime anything <laughs> it's like anything you talk about is something that anything you write about is something that's significant to you. So it's you know it this this record seems like still like running away from trying not to feel bad about maybe shit that he's done. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm totally with you on that. Absolutely. But, you, you know, the the one thing when you read interviews about he, you know, him and his, in his more recent times, you know, at least since he's been married to his, his wife, um, is that she is, for better or for worse, like, all things are open to be written about in songs. Oh, their life okay completely, that's kind of the that's kind of their deal like he's not going to uh censor himself in that regard and she's okay uh, with that yeah okay she's, yeah, yeah. That, i'm sure she's she, cool uh, that's what she signed up for kind of. <laughs> all right so you would think chris you could think that could have been the last song on the record but no there's a uh a, a denouement maybe you can call this last song here yeah. uh and it's very it's it it's quietly optimistic i think i think he ends the record like that would be a real dark way to end the record and then this is like a little optimistic ending to it uh let's listen to the title track push the sky away i was right and i was right oh the sun the sun the sun was rising from the like this because i like how it focuses like on the idea that that no matter what you need to just carry on carry on with things and and that's what he's doing right well you know imagine the biggest thing that you can imagine and that's the sky right i mean right basically the universe the sky and it's 
gonna come down on you at times in your life, but right, and you just gotta keep pushing on. Um, you, you, you know, this is a, a great song for so many reasons. I mean, it's relatable for one, but it's so plainly spoken. It, you know, there's not a lot of hidden anything in this song. And right, um, right. And you know, it's uh, again one of those songs live that is really transformative. You know, very um, you know emotional and you know otherworldly. And the, with the vo the voice and the choir comes in. Um, at least, at least the time I saw this performance, they, they, he had a full children's choir on stage. Wow! Oh, really? Wow! Yeah. Nice. So, um, and I know that they haven't been able to do that for every. Um, performance but you know that that one was was great so and i particularly like how he sort of ties this ties his life back into you know there's a lot about if your friends think you should do it different yeah do it the same he's saying like i'm gonna do different things now i'm gonna do right right yeah. right you know, and, and the pressure of that is immense probably um and then you know he he kind of kind of again like just plainly says it it says you know some people say it's just rock and roll oh but it gets you down gets you right down to your soul right it, yep that's his life right yeah. that's, that's, that's it that's it you know. right there and then well, think about, yes. i mean think about how significant music is to us so in some yeah. ways it's it's the most real part of our lives many days is our our interaction with music and our experience of music so and he knows that he knows that it's it's this like communion um with perfect work yeah perfect work. that's a, and it's that's what he says in the last um you know the last verse uh, of the record is that what you just said but some people say it's just rock and roll ah but it gets you right down to your soul that's right you know right yeah and you know you feel bad for people don't, that don't feel that <laughs> sure yeah I do, you know um yeah so yeah, so great way to end the record. I mean, if you can say anything bad about this record, is, is, is that it's short, but... I don't know. Yeah, man. that's what yeah, I said, Chris. Know. That's why I said I just kept listening to it over and over. I swear, I'm just driving around, and I said, oh, I'm going to listen to it again. Yeah, you're right, because it's a quick well, listen, with, and it's with, just really good. With very few exceptions, most Nick K records are short. They're, they're 10 songs at tops, right? Yeah. Right. You know, with the exception of a couple, a couple of his re records, I think, that are 12 songs or double record, whatever, you know. So he's, you know, he's okay with making short statements. Um, yeah. And, you know, and if you want to see extended versions of these, they're all over the internet, and it's and they're really great. I mean, yeah. No, I'm really, going to definitely check really, some of really those out, and I'll post some. Uh, Chris, actually, you should send me links of the really good, uh, good sure. uh, live things, and I'll I'll share them on the uh, on the network you got me high uh, Facebook page. Yeah, there's the, the one in Argentina is amazing. It's just, the crowd goes absolutely ape shit during Jubilee Street, and it's oh nice. It's yeah, yeah, send that to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, Chris, thank you so much uh, for being on the show for again. Your third, this usual. is your third or you bring fourth it? appearance. Third, third yes. appearance. Fourth, okay. fourth appearance, Chris. You you get a free sub at um, uh, <laughs> yeah wherever Subway. Pub, yeah, yeah, pub yeah. Subway. <laughs> um, yeah, one more. We'll punch the car. Barry has the punch. He'll punch it's your a six card. inch. You only get a set six six. Well, inch sub, yeah, right? yeah. We're not made of money, you know. And I, and I do apologize for changing records midstream. No, I was thrilled you did. I had no interest in listening to that other record. Well, <laughs> don't you know, even mention it. When I listened to that podcast, you know, they not only nailed it 100%, that record, they 
they had Mark Hosler on, you know, uh, the guy from on yeah. the, talking about the record. I'm like, I'm not going to beat that. You're not. Uh, no. yeah. But yeah, but also there's probably about 12 people that would be interested in listening to that too. So, you know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think there's, I do think there's a larger audience for Nick Cave. Yes, I, I do. Yeah, I think so. It was but, a genuine you know, choice for me, but. That, it was, what, no, and I'm glad. And it's good. Like you said, we always tend to gravitate towards the stuff we liked when we were younger, but it's great that you still discover like new stuff like, uh, right. like this one, uh, 2013 came out and it, uh, and it still got you high. Hi, so look at that. All right, next week we got a record that got, I'm sure, a lot of people high back in the day. And it's my good friend, Javi Caballero. He is also a patron of the show. And uh, he's been a fan for a long time. And he's coming on to talk about Come On Pilgrim by the Pixies. I can't believe, Barry, three years in, we haven't done a... This is the first Pixies Pixies record. record. Yeah, we've done done Pixies adjacent things. Yes. But uh, this will be uh, Come On Pilgrim by the Pixies. That's next week with Javi Caballero. That'll be fun. Don't forget, guys. Uh, Barry, what should, what's the most important thing that should be in people's mind? The most important else? thing. When you when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should do <laughs> is, go, is go to patreon.com forward slash T-R-G-M-H and select one of, I think they present you with three very affordable options for supporting that record got me high on a monthly basis. Um, and we That's would, great. I had no idea you were going to say that, Barry, but that is awesome. That's an awesome amazing, idea. Amazing, <laughs> right? So if you wake up and you have a dream that you want to write down, you're just going to have to, you know, yeah. today, it's not happening today. You're going to go and go to Patreon for us. Yeah, we we appreciate it. But uh, we really appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at, at That Record Got Me High. On Facebook, it's That Record Got Me High. And that Facebook group got me high. Uh, TRGMH33 is our Gmail address. And also, hey, you could if you want to have some fun, send us an email to heyassholes at thatrecordgotmehigh.com. That will get to us as well. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, review, and what's, what's share, the most important thing share, to do? Share, share it with your friends. Share the episodes with your friends because uh, it's great and it works and we appreciate it. Chris, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, You're so man, welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Stay well. We'll see you guys next week. We are That Record Got Me High. We'll see you next week, bro. Oh, I'm